one. Welcome to Ex Nihilo, your favorite Catholic podcast about nothing. This is your host, Father Martin. Orlando's Catholic radio station. On Faith Fit Radio. Welcome to the School of Humanity podcast. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Not only does God long for you, but you are like Him. What does this mean for you? How does it affect your view of God? How does it affect your view of yourself? How does that affect everything? This This is is the School School of Humanity. Humanity. Hello and welcome to the School of Humanity. This is Rachel Bowman. And this is Jason Bowman. And uh, this is episode 41. I feel like we're entering into like a new decade of our life or something. Anytime that we go past um, like a tenth of an episode, like 40, 41. Right. That was, yeah. (laughs) We're clearly out of practice. We apologize for being gone for so long. It seems like it's been forever since we've uh, brought you guys something new. So tonight we are actually in the second week of Advent right now. Um, and we've been praying for your Advent. I hope you've been praying for ours. Um, and it's just really been about for us just a, an opportunity to kind of slow down and um, say no to things and just await for uh, celebrating the incarnation and the second coming of Christ. Yes. So your incarnation has been your incarnation, your Advent. <laughs> I do think you're holy, but I don't think you're incarnated. But anyway. Well, I am incarnated. I know, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I do have flesh. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I'm sorry. Yes, my Advent has done, has been good, has done. Um, it's done. You're just ahead of everybody else. You're, right. You're good. <laughs> yeah, it goes by so fast, though. This is this one's going to be especially fast. Um, and next year will be even quicker, you know? Right. Um, but I hope everyone is prepared for that fourth Sunday of Advent, right? Yep. Um, because, you know, the fourth Sunday of Advent... Um, and then Christmas is that Monday, so you, you there's no dual obligation, okay, Catholics? No, you can't you can't play dumb now because we're telling you that you can't go to Fourth Sunday Mass um, and fulfill your Christmas obligation. You have to go to two masses, so you can either go like to one of the Christmas masses on Sunday morning or Saturday evening for Fourth Sunday of Advent. Sorry, Fourth Sunday of Advent, and then go to Christmas Mass on Sunday evening or Monday. That's right. So you have to go to both. Um, trust me, you know. We're gonna, or get to. You get to go to both. Thank you. Um, <laughs> well, like, I think our kids are going to be pretty stoked about going to Mass twice. <laughs> Probably yeah. more stoked than we will be to go to Mass twice just because of of the corralling of the uh, Bullman clan. But it's going to be beautiful, no doubt. Um, and, and pray for, you know, when you're praying for like everything that you're praying for this Advent because you're super holy. Also pray for, you know, everyone that, that makes that come together for us. You know, I think we forget um, all of the hands that are on deck for to make liturgies happen, you know. Obviously yeah. our clergy, but... Um, all the lay faithful. All the lay faithful. Yeah. Especially for me, I keep thinking about the art and environment people, like the people that 
do the changeover from Advent to Christmas. Right. Um, that's going to be a big deal for them, you know. Right. It's like our, our parish has a Sunday morning for that Sunday of Advent Mass at 1030. And then there's a 4 p.m. Christmas Mass. So they really are trying to get some of it done, but not, not anything gregarious, you know, before that 4 p.m. Mass. Right. Um, so they'll be acting quickly. Yes. Yeah. So just definitely please pray for them um, this holiday season. And maybe help. Maybe help, you know. At our parish, especially, they allow um, families to come in and help out. Right. So if your parish is open to that, it's always fun to bring the kiddos for that. Um, so tonight, we thought, um, lining up with the spirit of Advent, it would be a good time to talk about altruism. Right. What's altruism? You tell me. Giving of self for the other? Yeah, I like it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's like the Webster's Dictionary version, but... Right. It's close. It's sufficient. So what do you think of when you think of the of altruism? God, pretty much. Why didn't you say me? And you. Thank you. Um, but first, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> do you think of a triune God, honey? I do. I'm going to volley that over to you. Go ahead and... Go ahead and knock that out of the park, please. <laughs> right. Well, we were talking before the show, and one of the beautiful things that we know from philosophy, um, which I think is really rightly ordered that people study that before theology, like in seminary, because um, there are some things that we can know just based on the natural light of reason, Um that really help us to grasp what God has revealed to us through Christ um, and through the prophets before them and uh, before Him and everything. But um, one thing that is really striking to me and was a big part of my initial conversion was when I learned about God being what they call in scholastic philosophy as pure act. Do you know what I'm talking about over there? Yes. Okay. Only because you've told me. Right. Continue. <laughs> okay, so Thomas Aquinas tells us that anything... He's a, he's a light read, too. Right. <laughs> Thomas Aquinas, but go ahead. Anything that requires completion by another is said to be in potency to the other. So, like... Human beings have potential, right? We use right. that term all the time. Like, I, I have a promise. I am a possibility. Sorry, that's what it always makes me think of. Continue. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, I can play guitar, but yes, I couldn't can. always play guitar. That is true. However, I always had the potency to play guitar. Correct. Now, when I realize that potency it becomes actualized mm-hmm. so at that point my potency to play guitar is now actualized and so i can play guitar um, and there are all kinds of imperfections that we have because we're not god so we have potential to walk across the room um, 
And when we get across the room, that potential is actualized. Um, for example, now with God, since He, we know that He is perfect in every way, He does not have potential, right? Right. Okay, so He is... He is. Right, He purely... He is potential itself. No, he is actual. Sorry, he is actual itself. Sorry, yeah, he just is pure everyone. act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to um, talk anymore. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. This is good. This is good. Um, so, only God is simultaneously all that he can be. Um, that's why he says, I am who am. So what what does that mean? It means that like his attributes, like mercy, love, uh, forgiveness, um, all knowing, all powerful, all those things, his attributes and his operations, mm-hmm. like what he does, is his is synonymous with his essence, essentially. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's not simply merciful. He is mercy. And he's know? not someone that loves. He love. He is love. Right. So there's no separation between his attributes or what he does and who he is. Okay. Okay. So what has Christ revealed to us? Well, one of the biggest things is that God is one in three, you know? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, from all eternity, there have been three persons in one God, and therefore God in His essence is relational. He doesn't simply... He, he You know, the relationship between the persons in the divine head and the Godhead are is relationship per se. Do you know what I mean? I do. So that is a pretty huge thing to yeah, know I mean, about God. Even in the beginning, I remember as a Protestant reading um, the book of Genesis and being really stumped by the fact that God would talk to himself. Right. And, and that um, he would talk to himself like he was more than one person, even though I knew that he was, it was the Trinity, you know, that he was part of the Trinity. I never, I didn't understand that, you know, right. to the depth that I know it now. I remember, um, obviously in scripture where he says, you know, let us make man and woman in our image. Right. And I'm like, who is he talking to? Right. Um, but he's talking to himself per se, Right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think that we, we recognize the impact of what that says about everything else because, you know, God created everything and so everything is somehow an extension of right. God. And if we know that God in his own being is relational, that means the Son is not the Son alone, but he is, he is only the Son in relation to the Father. You know, and so part, so part of who he is, or who he is, is re, is um, 
only in relation to the Father, and the Father is only Father in relation to the Son. Mm -hmm. So their identity is is linked in an absolute way. Um, and we know that since God is pure act and He is loving, then He must be love itself. And the essence of their relationship is love, right? So... And we know that the personified love that's between the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit. So then we can say that the relationship between the Father and the Son is love who is the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, so you can see each one gets his identity. From the other. From the other, right. Right, which, I mean, I cannot be a wife without a husband. Right. Right. Um, I cannot be a woman without the differentiation of a man. Right. Um, I cannot be a mother without a child. Right. Yeah, these are really good. Yeah. It's like we've prepared or something. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, okay, so all that goes to say even more so into altruism. The altruism... Um, is when we are able to find out the most about ourselves. Right. Or that we're not actualized until we are completely for the other, like the father and the son are. See, they're completely for the other, and that's what gives them our, their identity. And if you and I are created in God's image and likeness, Part of that, a huge part of that image and likeness is the fact that we are by, in essence, relational, you right. know, and that is seen in our, even our, you know, maleness and femaleness, you know, in our uh, bodies, you know, one being receptive of the other. Um, well, what are some ways that you think that this is played out in our marriage? I mean, can you think of any ways that altruism has played a huge part in in our relationship and how that has helped in the discovery of yourself through the eyes of Christ? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, just to make it a little bit more, um, I guess, basic. Um, I mean, before Why did you, you say that so sadly, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I don't want to sound like pompous or something, you know. Oh, okay. Um, but, I mean, before we, okay, so you and I had both had sort of an encounter with, not sort of, but you and I had both had had an encounter with the Lord, and he had become, you know, that fulfillment, per se, of, of our hearts. Mm -hmm. And, um, but Prior yet... Prior to meeting one another. Right. Right. But we weren't living that out very well. Um, right. And. Amen, amen, amen. In the, in our marriage, you know, that self-ishness um, starts to fade and we become for the, for the other. Right. The more and more that we become for the other, the more we become who we were, who we are. So we're becoming so more our actualized. True selves become more actualized. Yeah. So we are realizing our potential by being for the other, you know, and that even increases when we have 
children um, because you and I not only are for one each other one another exclusively but now for now our marriage is a gift for a community you know um, not only our kids now but then also our friends and and so on and so forth on a larger scale you know we have we are the body of Christ uh, as the church so you know where one person is of that body there the whole church really is in a sense you know right and that's because we are all in relation to uh, when one member suffers the whole body suffers when one member is sanctified the whole body is sanctified that's why m- Saint Francis changed the entire church by sanctifying himself by dying to himself and becoming right. a saint. He changed the whole course of church history in in his one person and saved the church literally um, so what you and I do has an impact, even if we think this is a sin that no, won't I mean, hurt anybody else. It, it in fact, <laughs> hurts the whole body. Um, I think I've talked about this before, but a really, really, really long time ago, um, I heard this amazing sermon. This is when I was Protestant. Um, from a, a preacher, Roosevelt Hunter. May he rest in peace. Um, but it was a phenomenal message and I remember it just shook me to my core because it was it was there was a lot of reality there and a lot of truth um and he was talking about the fact he brought up the story of uh Noah and the ark and he just talked about the fact that he tried you know Noah of course people thought he was nuts you know um and he builds this huge ark and um, just judging by the size of it and, and scripture, you could probably see it, you know, from miles away. And people would probably come just to make fun of him, you know. Um, and then he went on to talk about the fact that, like, no one would believe him. Like, he was trying to obviously evangelize and, and, and explain to them what was coming. And no one would believe him. And the... The turning point I remember in the sermon was when he talked about the fact that he probably got everyone into the boat, got all the animals in there, his family pulled that door up, and the first raindrop started to fall, you know. And, you know, the people were probably like, oh, it's just going to be a little little drizzle. And the more and more the raindrops fell, the realer and, and realer it became, the more real it became. And he said... Could you imagine being Noah and his family on the inside of that boat when the waters started to get too high? Right. And what they probably heard, you know. And he just demonstrated, you know, them people banging on the doors, like, please just let us in. Like, please. And then he said, um, he, he said, and not only, he said, this, this moment reminds me that we do not sin in a bubble. He said, because think of those those parents or those adults that didn't believe what was being told to them, perhaps banging even harder and saying, please don't take, please just take my child. You don't have to take me, just take my child. And that is just, ugh. Gut-wrenching, yeah. Gut-wrenching. And I mean, we see it in our own children. You see, I mean, obviously not to the extent where we're being left in a flood, um, but 
like tonight, earlier tonight, just to just to be vulnerable for everyone. Um, Gabriel was getting ready to do some homework, and they they Gabriel has a pretty vigorous. Um, they both do. The boys have a pretty vigorous curriculum at their school. And um, Gabriel was sitting down to do homework. Now, mind you, this was after we had tried to go to the doctor's office for an appointment for me, and he was he had had to wait for like an hour, so he was pretty drained, you know. So we get home and we go to do homework and everything's fine. But I hear him like whimpering. I was like, what are you doing? And he was crying. It was so sad. I was like, buddy, what are you crying for? And he was just like, there's just so many problems on this paper. There's just so much to do. And I was like, okay. I was like, I think you're just tired. It's okay. I was like, you don't have to do it right now. We can just do it tomorrow. Let's just rest and relax. And, you know, um, so you fast forward to tonight. And I basically did the same thing to Jason about, what, an hour ago? (laughs) And uh, I just was so overwhelmed by the list of to-dos that I've given myself and basically cried over my homework <laughs> and um and it wasn't until you know I stepped away from the situation that I realized holy moly like that temperament is my own you know right um and that goes to show you that like my anxieties that I have about silly things you know they become anxieties for our kids right right so we never sit in a bubble. Never sit in a bubble. Yeah. Which is, you know, a reflection of the beautiful fact that... We are so connected. Yeah, we really are. Um, and so, since God... You know, whatever we learn about God, it, we learn about ourselves. Um, so, if God is relational, and even who He is... Right. And that relationship is a love that is complete, then it must be without selfishness at all. And so the concern of one is always the other and vice versa. And and that that self-giving is so powerful that it births forth the third person of the Trinity who is the Holy Spirit. And you apply that to human beings who were made female, male and female, you know, in relation to the other. And then they, their love consummates and brings forth children. You can see the icon there. Um, And that love, just like St. Paul says, is, you know, women be under the same mission as the husband, which is literally the Latin submissio, you know, where we get submissive means to be under the same mission as the husband, and the husband's mission is to die for his bride. Right. You know, so it's like uh, the same kind of perpetual self-gift idea um, where I pour myself out for you, you pour yourself out for me, back and forth. Um, And the more we do that, the more that we become, more we become actualized. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Whenever... uh, when we have a day, um, like recently I've been kind of sick and was on like a, uh, I guess kind of like an antibiotic or something. Um, and it was making me super tired. Right. And, uh, 
And so Jason would get home and like nothing was done. You know, and obviously it's not my job per se, but it is something that I, I pride myself in doing, you know. Um, Jason works a full-time job, so whenever he comes in, I would like for him to be able to just be as at much leisure as he could be. And I know that I provide that for him by doing the things around the house. But last couple of weeks, God love him, it has not been that way. So sorry, honey. Uh, <laughs> he would come home, and I mean, he'd be lucky if I had moved an inch from wherever he had last seen me. <laughs> so very sad. Uh, <laughs> and uh, And I remember thinking, like, how awful that feels, you know, um, not just the laziness or the, the medicinal reaction that I would have, but just to not be able to give that to you. Right. Well, I mean, it's not like just because you didn't do that, you know, that somehow our love is lacking in some way. Well, yeah, because my love's pretty amazing. It is. Even with a dirty house. So. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's not lacking, but I feel like um, I'm not able to express it. I mean, I, I'll never, ever, ever be able to express it the way that I would want to. You know? Well. Obviously, that I think that's part of what. Right. What makes our marriage great is that I don't, I don't ever want to try to f- stop figuring out how to do that. Right. And, that you know, that's. But that's the essence of why, you know, the love in within God is infinite, right? So you can never exhaust it right. and never get enough of it. I mean, I always try to hone in on certain moments when I try to describe that to people, you know, that to us it seems hard to believe that there can be a... Uh, a love that, or a moment of love that never, that you never want to end, but we've had them. It's just they are fleeting, so we forget about it. Right. But there are moments that in our life where we felt so loved. Oh my God. That we never want that moment to ever end. Um, when was the last moment you had that? Can you think of any? Other than like when you wake up in the morning and look into my eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have it. Um, there are moments when, you know, within our family that I have that, um, usually when I stop being selfish and we have leisure and we're all enjoying each other's company and you could live in that moment forever. And then there's also moments in prayer alone with God that he fills me with such consolation that I never want that moment to end either, you know, so. Yeah, um, I get that a lot with, uh, I got, I felt it today uh, when we went by your office. I was waiting to possibly have a doctor's appointment that I didn't get to have, but um, the boys were laying in, in, on the floor in one of the, in one of the offices there. And it was like one of those very rare moments when they just loved each other, you know. Right. Um, right. They were watching videos on my phone, and they had to share a screen. So, like, because they had to share that screen, they were like totally okay with having to touch one another, you know. Um, and then I think I also get it with Gemma. You know, when at night, our 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 Gemma is very cuddly at night. 
Right. And so she always tends to get super duper close and put her arm around her neck. And um, it always makes me think of my mom because, I mean, my parents, for the longest time, I wouldn't sleep in my room. And so my mom would always come in there and um, lay down with me. And I, I would rarely ever let her go back to her room because right. my grip was so strong. But um, I get that sometimes with Gemma. You know, she'll put her arm around me and I think this is what it felt like to be my mom. Right. You know. I mean, um, even when you think back and have like unbeautiful memories with. Right. You know, whoever, your mom, your dad, your you know friends or whatever. And you just remember that moment being so beautiful and. And I've, and I've had moments like that in prayer. Um, I think one of the most vivid times was during a, um, Good Friday, Holy Saturday a couple of years ago, you know, during Lent. Right. And yeah. uh, it was adoration, you know, before that, before they removed Jesus from the tabernacle um, for Holy Saturday or Good Friday. Was it Good Friday? Yes, Good Friday. Um and I just remember, by that point, I, w- I had been crying, you know, pretty non, pretty much nonstop, for a while. And and I just remember thinking, I could do this forever, right? Like I could want to do that forever, you know. Well, and that's e- what your heart's made for, right? And in even the end. even even loving you, you know, and and being with you. Um, cue the sappy music. But I remember, I, I know that there was a time when you and I were dating. It was super early on for me, um, which is very uncharacteristic of me at that time. But um, I remember there was one night when we were up late, just talking, sitting in your driveway. And I remember thinking, I could talk to him forever. Yep. Well, um, we're still that way. I mean, we can never get enough of each other. Really, I mean. Right. Thank God. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what love is. That's what the essence of love, you know. I mean, right, and I mean, we still discover things about each other. Right. You know, which is the same way that it is in our relationship with God. We are always discovering things about Him. Um, right. That's also the essence of the church that He has left us, you know. We are constantly discovering things about her. It's not like it's, it's, uh, right. it's changing. Right. We have a tendency to think things are changing. No, we're just discovering things about how to better love her and be loved by her as well. You think that would be a true statement there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that relationship is unending as well. But in essence, you know, Advent is a time especially to practice um, not only, you know, the slowing down, the saying no, but to also practice the intentionality of real of real altruism. Right. And I think that that starts with, you know, maybe this Advent's a good time for you to really pray with the fact that God is not, like, there sometimes. He's not loving you only when you're doing the right things. He is... Um, he is always, you know, he is perfect love and always looking on you with those, with that longing. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, if you just pray with the fact that 
God who is all powerful, is all has been, has always been, you know, um, he chose to become finite, to take on human nature forever, you know, and what that says about you, you know, I mean, I mean, he could have come, I mean, I think that, that if you, if, like you said, if if you pray with that, if you realize that God's greatest desire was to be next to you, and and though he he is all you know present, he still desired to be even closer than that, you know, right? Like and, and be able to to relate to you in a way that he could not. If he did not. Right. And it wasn't as a result of anything because the moment that you say that, like, the he moment to you save s- us from our sins. Right. Or the moment that you say, um, the moment that you think that he did it simply, like, because he had to or reluctantly or is to take away what we said initially, which is that what God does is an extension of who he, who he is. Right. So, I mean, the fact that he does anything says infinitely who he is from all eternity, irrespective of anything that happens. Right. So, who God is is a self-donating love to the to the point that he could not help but want to be one completely with his creation you know and want to show his love to the nth degree to where he dies to himself completely that's part of his essence right for for his creation you know so that we can be one as he and the father are one just like he says in that prayer so, you know, be assured this Advent that Christ has came and, you know, he has risen, he will come again. And there's nothing that you can do that will make him love you any less because what he does is the same as who he is. He can't change. He's immutable. He's unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, the next time you do something that makes you think that he doesn't love you, know that that's impossible, (laughs) and that he loves you for who you are and not what you do, no matter what you do. Um, So, take your sins lightly, you know, in a sense, you know, have a a lightheartedness. Yes, repent and be sorrowful for what you did, but then also know with confidence that If you seek forgiveness, it's there. And He's not going to look upon you any differently, but simply love you for who you are. And who you are will be actualized one day as a beautiful, unique, completely unrepeatable saint. You know? Amen. God bless. God bless.